tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show on Hump Day. Where's Bobby Humphrey when you need him? <laughs> well, He's probably think, sleeping. When we, yeah, really. Back in the day, Mark, when Bobby Humphrey was. Uh, in his late 30s, he was the head coach of the Birmingham Steel Dogs. And, yeah. Uh, had, at that point in time, not that far removed from his, you know, being, a, I guess it was like 15 years earlier, he's an uh, All-American at Alabama, uh, All-Pro in the NFL, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. you know, careers. Anyway, and, and we meet his kids at a luncheon, and he's got Mondrinkus and Marlon and his daughter, whose name is escaping me right now. Yeah. And and it's, they're just three little kids. Yeah. He's the star of the show. Yep. And now it's Marlon. Yes. You know, it's like, uh, yes. You, Bobby, what do you mean? His, Marlon's dad played in the NFL? What? <laughs> <laughs> Just, That's right. Wow. <laughs> I went through that a couple of weeks ago when we did this uh, thing my, that Andrew is working on with the uh, Palm Sunday Tornado. Yeah. And uh, um, they, I was part of this documentary and part of the interviews. And, um, and it was like, wait a minute. You, Andrew is your son? You're his dad? Hmm. Andrew was the director and all over the, and like, he's your son. This is the Andrew that was in the tornado. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, come on guys. Yeah. That's, that's him. Wow. You know how talented he is. Yeah, I do. He's my son. (laughs) You know, I do. But what about me? You know, I'm on life radio with Mark and Mac, you know, (laughs) what? Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. I got the app. Uh, Hold on. liferadio.fm it's the Mark and Mac show you know Mark I'm in the kind of mood where I'd be really great at a little league ball game you know I'm just, just in the stands I'm just gonna be, I'm gonna sit over here ah, <laughs> I'm fine. just waiting right. over here <laughs> hey I was at a uh, well, Australia man completes 3,182 push-ups in an hour yeah Mark if you put a clock on me right now and said, see how many you could do in an hour? Mm-hmm. Three? One. Maybe four? <laughs> I got to take some time in between, man. No. Here's one. Yeah. Give me about 15 minutes. And you'd be going, Dave, come on. You can yeah. do four. Here, You got 15 minutes. Do one more. Give me one more. <laughs> well, you're not getting the world what record. It's a major award. <laughs> I should get it for, but I thought in this day and age, we got records for trying, Mark. I thought it was, it was the attempt that mattered. No, everybody gets a trophy, but you don't get the Guinness award unless you've done something. An Australian bodybuilder broke a Guinness world record when he completed a staggering 3,182 pushups in just one hour. 33 year old Lucas Helmke of Brisbane completed an average or com- you know, he completed an average over 53 push-ups a minute to break the world record for the most push-ups in an hour he bested the previous record of 3180 uh, let's see wait a minute that's the same number <laughs> mm-hmm. good for them <laughs> proofreaders and me uh it, uh a lower number set by Australian uh-huh. Daniel Scully in April of last year. Uh, Helmke said he trained for nearly three years before taking on the record at the Iron Underground Powerlifting Gym. He told Guinness he wanted this record to uh, attempt to inspire his one-year-old son and show him nothing is impossible. Helmke said he plans to put his strength to the test with more record attempts. Uh-huh. 
So his one-year-old son has a grip on this, does he? He, mm-hmm. he, he knows what's going on with dad. Why is yeah. dad on the floor? I mean, <laughs> isn't dad uh, supposed at, to be going to get my snacks? What? <laughs> no, at one-year-old, he's trying to pick up. Hey, what? No, that's from the dog. Don't eat that. That's not. <laughs> no. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. Whenever there's a student ID uh, from Stolen Purse mm-hmm. popping up as a story, you know there's got to be a Paul Harvey on this one, Mark. Oh, yeah. There, there, <laughs> there, there has to be um, the rest of the story. No. Yes. <laughs> the rest of the story. That's what you would think. A student ID found in a buried purse in a British Columbia man's yard was returned to its owner 41 years after it was apparently stolen. The Hmm. Nanaimo RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, said a man was digging a hole for a fence post in his yard recently when he found an old purse that was deteriorating from apparent years underground. The man opened the purse and found a well-preserved 1981-1982 student ID from Wellington Junior Secondary School, which is now Wellington High School. The resident turned his discovery over to the police who were able to identify the owner of the ID, identified only here as Lori. Well, you know, Mark, one of the clues here, okay, um, the, the well-preserved 1981-82 student ID, mm. right, identifying the student from the well-preserved 81-82 ID, <laughs> I'm not calling that great police work. I'm calling that observation. That's called, well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that was amazing. How did you do that, officer? 41 years? Oh! <gasps> Well, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police news release said uh, she was initially skeptical, but after a picture of the ID was emailed to her, she laughed when she saw her ID from her junior high days. Lori speculated her purse must have been stolen during the school year and was later dumped by a thief. Uh, She says, uh, over the years, I probably just forgot about it. Wow. Yeah. Lori was reunited with her card. She said the discovery afforded her an opportunity to reminisce with uh, Teresa, an old friend from her days at Wellington. Hmm. Here's the thing about this. I don't think just maybe it's just me, but Uh if somebody swiped something from me, stole something Mm -hmm. that had my identity, Mm -hmm. ID and all that stuff in it, even in junior high school, I would still remember it. Yeah, me too. I actually am thinking about, you know what? I remember times I've, I had something stolen at the Crabtree Valley Mall in Raleigh, North Carolina, <laughs> when I was a student in North Carolina State and was working, okay, in yeah. Raleigh. Yeah. And it was a check but, that I left behind at a bank in the, there was a bank in the mall, and I, I just accidentally left a checkbook there. And, you know, back then, you used to have to have a major credit card, two right. forms of ID, right. before you could write a check. And back then, I didn't have a credit card, you know, yeah. and so I couldn't write a check in that mall. Right. I just went there for the bank and then ate at the Mexican joint. Or at wait a minute, Hector's. <laughs> Hector's had these. Sure. Oh, what I'm. Oh, you know those <laughs> lamb things that yes. are on like pita bread and all. Yeah. Oh yeah, that oh, was yeah. Hector's. See, the oh. thing is that you're remembering this happened, yes, and this exactly. is that's not far removed from your junior high years. It's, and this, buddy, yeah. eighty-one. It's the same time frame, mm-hmm. nineteen eighty-one. Yeah. And the thing is, is that I remember all of that. And the thing is, what I remember the most is when I realized i got my statement back remember they used to mail them to you yes and you could see hey I, there are these checks written i didn't write mm-hmm. the i better get i get pictures of the checks and it's like the dude misspelled my name right the guy that <laughs> che- he cashed these checks at the mall and misspelled my name and cashed them and i'm like okay 
I'm telling the police on this, and the guy goes, well, the, you know, Dave, it's going to be really tough to figure this one out. Really? How much you want to bet this is a mall employee, you know? <laughs> yes. A yeah. security guard, I'm thinking, because of these stores he cashed my checks at. Mm -hmm. He yeah. was able to pass a check without yeah. even spelling my name right. Yeah. So not only is he in trouble, but everybody who took this check is in collusion with him. Uh-oh. Come on. You know what they did? <laughs> Here's your old checkbook, man. Good luck. <laughs> You think that's what started me on this life of covering crime, Mark? Uh -huh. Coming up on the next Nancy Grace. Oh, yeah, tonight. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And all since the last break, Mark and I have been talking through the music about, about our memories, okay, yeah. from junior high school. And, yeah. You know, it's funny because, you know, Mark, you during the music, you were – you recollected a conversation you had in junior high with the, with the cheerleading coach. Yeah, I'm, and I, yeah, I'm walking. If I can, you were I, robbed, you would know. Yes. If I can remember walking by this woman who was the cheerleader's coach uh, with her head, her face in her hands, standing outside on a breezeway while practice was going on, I, I walked by. She's clearly unhappy. Something's wrong. I said, you okay? What's wrong? And she just looked at me and said, I'll never let them vote for who makes the squad again. <laughs> So she let the cheerleaders vote <laughs> inside. The cheerleaders vote but their buddies on the team, and so you had a bunch of no talent people who were just their friends, you know, on the team. And she was, she couldn't. And she, can you imagine trying to drill those yes. girls and getting into, and uh, oh. them just and it, and it, and, it's a social, and now it's a social event for them, right? Buddy. They're not they're not getting the routines because they're too busy gabbing and stuff. You know, I would immediately go to <laughs> this would be Dave now, okay. Look, I'm so glad you girls made it, but we, we have we decided that this year we're going to expand the team, and certain members are going to get the, the school-paid-for uniforms. Some of you are going to have to pay for your own, and I'm sorry, but if you're a first-year <laughs> cheerleader, you never, you're going to have to pay for your own because they all did it back years ago right, when mom yeah. signed them up for peewee cheerleading. And, now, you know, so right. if this is your, you know, and, and because – Omar, the tent maker, can't make these things for us in a timely manner. We suggest you find your own person to deal with your triple XL size cheerleading outfit. By the way, and for those outfits, we're going to have you wearing really long pants, okay? It's just a new style we're trying out. So what we're going to do, we're going to have a front row of cheerleaders dressed in traditional uniforms. But we're going to try out the mm -hmm. the other cheer, the second team. They're going to be wearing long pants and kimonos. There you go. That's it. Welcome to cheerleading and junior high. Wow. LifeRadio.fm. It's the uh, Mark and Mac show. Good to have you with us today. We appreciate it. You know, um, hmm. yeah, Mark. Yes. Many's the time I've wondered, <laughs> what would our show be like if? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, how did Dance Line get its beginnings? Nope. <laughs> but I was not going to go there. No. <laughs> nope. I was not going to go there. And you're not dragging me there. I'm just saying. Because I get blamed for every, you know what? I'm just I get blamed for everything about this. It, whenever we do a bit that, that grinds somebody the wrong way, I get blamed. And it's like, you know what? Usually it's you. You're usually the one that says it. Usually it's is. Just, you know what? I, but I will tell you, I know my voice carries. I know that. And I know that sometimes I'm a little sardonic. I know I'm certainly sarcastic. And yes, I'm a little mean spirited at times. But I do try to keep that to myself or very close friends. I don't try to say it out loud. However, I got to tell you, last Saturday. Last Saturday, Braylon at his uh, coach pitch, uh, oh, they had a mid-season tournament last week, which yeah. was really weird. But anyway, 
and there was uh, the coach on the other team. There, they weren't very. The coaches on the other team were a little disheveled. The the people with kids on the, they seemed a little disheveled. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's some people that show up and they just look put together. Yes, um, groomed, nice chairs right. that they bring, yeah. and mm-hmm. and then you have those that just look like they rolled out of bed. Hopped on the back of the truck, and said, "Go ahead, take me." You yeah. know, and then they dump them off at the ballpark for the day. Yes, and that's what these guys. And there was one guy that I'm not kidding. I think I saw him in the move, the documentary on Woodstock. I saw this guy there. I know it. He's been, you know. Anyway, so the co- the umpire was a kid, a young guy, and you know there are rules. Baseball has rules, mm-hmm. and you use these rules because things happen on a ball field, and there has to be a rule. Hey, if there's Two guys standing on the same same base. Who's out? You know that's a mm, yeah, that's yeah, a rule. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you must know these rules before you put on that umpire outfit. Which is, by the way, that's why I don't umpire. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to call balls and strikes. I don't want to call people out because you know I don't care. <laughs> I like playing the game. Right. Yeah, so yeah, parents get way too involved in this, and the parents and the coach on the other team were a little verbose, and uh, wow. they don't know the rules. And so when Scott, our coach for Andrew uh, Braylon's team, was pointing something out, and the umpire wasn't calling it, okay, he was making the he was bowing down to pressure from these other coaches, oh, and no. Scott got frustrated, and he goes, "Dude, look, I know you're 16, but you gotta you gotta stand up for the rules of the game. You can't let them bully you into this." And Hannah, who's in the dugout with our team, you know, she comes out, Dad. Go over on the other side and start heckling those coaches. Get under this game because they're gonna get they're gonna get Scott thrown out. And I'm like, Hannah, you know, I promised you at the beginning of the year I would not do this. I promised you I would sit here with my mouth shut. Dad, please, if you don't, I will. She wants right. you to use your power yes. for good, Dave, please. And I did. And you know what? When you look at it, if you're on our team, it was for good. If, yes. it was, if, we have, if there are any Mark and Mac show people who were in the other crowd, uh, that was my evil twin at the game. It was not me. And so my evil twin went over there. And oh, the hippie funny. coach, their hippie coach from Woodstock, when their team is out in the field and our team is batting, he's standing there behind his catcher because, to be honest with you, they have a lot of pa- – the coaches are pitching. The catchers try to catch, but at that age, it's oh, not an easy oh, thing. And so yeah. there are a lot of pass balls. Yeah. And if you have to wait for the catcher, for a 7-, 8-year-old catcher with all that gear to get up and go walk around getting the pass ball and throwing it back, the games are going to – you're not yeah. going to get out of the second yeah. inning before it's over. Right. So the coaches help. And um, anyway, he was back there, and he's razzing. He's not – he is actually mumbling things to this umpire, getting just threatening almost. And so I got on him and I, you know, he turned around. I said something. He turned around. I said something. He turned around and stared right at me. And I said, you really think I'm going to say this with you looking at me? <laughs> and heard me. Okay. And when they get done, they tried, they were doing everything they could to just work this umpire. Hmm. When there were two outs, they're like, Hey, there's only one out, man. That, that was not out. Remember you didn't call him out. And he was doing that. I'm like, dude, um, two outs. Okay. There are two outs. I'm looking at the umpire. I'm holding up two fingers. This means two. it doesn't matter what he says. It means two. Got it. That umpire turned the umpire. Then again, he's a kid and I realize he's afraid of me. Mm. He's really afraid of those guys, oh, no. but now he's afraid of me. And I don't know how to play it. I'm thinking, I could make him cry right now. He's only about 16 years old, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I decided, Mark, in that moment, I decided in that moment I was going to use my power for good, mm-hmm. and I just stayed on the older coach. It looked yeah. like he had, you know, he looked like he left a combination 
Grateful Dead Pearl Jam concert, you oh, know, my. that's been a week in the mountains in the mud, and yeah. then came down and, and coached this team. Wow. And so I got under him pretty bad. I said he made a couple of really nasty comments about his stench, and and that was pretty <laughs> bad because I think I did. Yeah, it was either him or his wife that I was smelling, but one of them smelled really bad. And anyway, I will tell you, if they had been nice, I wouldn't have said anything. Yeah. But they were being they were being mean. They were talking bad to our kid. You got eight, seven, eight year old kids oh, out there, dude. Man. You don't say anything bad about the That's kids. That's wrong. It doesn't matter what team they play for. You encourage them. You don't say anything negative right, about yeah. any team. Yeah. Look, the coach is fine, not the kids. Yeah. And these women were dogging out our kids. Oh my! When they would come up, yeah. I mean, wow. no class. And so, wow. I, I again, you know, you kind of take off the cuffs on the adults, but you don't mess with the kids. You cheer the kids on wow. for both teams. It's not being, look, you're not being disloyal. You're mm -hmm. being an encouragement to all the children right. because they're the ones playing the game, and the adults need to just go home and stop. Yeah. So these the, the women you mentioned, given the kids they were the big fat time. pigs they were BFPs. i was gonna ask were yes. you former color guard Actually, members yeah they yeah they were but mark you know what it was really bad okay yeah. these were just not nice people i mean uh, i'm gonna be honest for real shame. when you pick on kids from the other team yeah. all right um you just don't do that you, no. if you say anything to a child it should be positive and yeah. if now if they're yours, it's a different thing. But you're talking in public at a ball game. You should talk nice to all the kids or not say anything yeah, at all. That's true. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac Show. Hey, the one sidebar to the Little League, Mark. Yes. Is that? Yes, um, we're still talking about it. <laughs> just, I'm saying one last thing. I really think, and I mean this, I don't think children should be allowed to play until they're eight. Mm. I, I don't think they should play organized sports until they're eight. Yeah. And I don't believe there should be coach pitching or t-ball or anything like that. Yeah. And I have my own reasons for that, but at that age, the kids aren't. There's going to be. There's always going to be that child that excels. You know, mm -hmm. they mature differently. But I just think it's really um, not. Uh, I don't think it's a good idea to have a child who doesn't know how to play and has no real interest in it get out there and play with yeah. a child who is like loving the game and really mm -hmm. into it. Yeah. Because they get way too upset and embarrassed when they make a mistake or strike out. Yeah. And there's way too much cheering that goes on for a home run that really started out as nothing more than a bunt, you yeah. know? Right. Yeah. Because, you know, they pick up the ball, overthrow first base. Yeah. Kid keeps running and yeah. it's that's not a home run. And mm -hmm. And so I just don't think, I, and this is just me, it's personal, I know, and I, I get a lot of blowback from this every year, but I think it's fine to let your child play sports. Right. But I think that they should know how to play the game before they get on a field. It costs too much money. Yeah. There are way too many children, to be honest with you, Mark. A lot of yeah. people that have small children at home don't have $150 or $200 to play in a little league. And, and that's what it costs these, these days, 150 to 200 bucks. And that's why those leagues exist. Yes, because, because they make money. That's right. Yeah. It's yeah, not because it's good for the kids. It's not because right. it's not because of any it's because it's another way to make money. And now I'm okay. We're both yeah. we are both we're both capitalists here. Making yeah. money is not bad. Sure. Making right. money off of certain things, however, yep. mm, not so good. But you know the thing is that because like with T ball and things like that, yeah. you know, the um having seen plenty of games, there's a lot less uh, arguing once you get a little bit older with the kids. Right. Um 
And the reason is the umpires, the children that are playing, the coaches, they're all, they all know the rules better. Mm -hmm. And so you have much uh, less arguing going on with uh, 10, 11, 12 year old kids than you do eight, nine and below. (laughs) And that's a lot of those arguments are because people don't know the rules. They don't quite understand them. Right. And they want, you know, it, and it's really sad, but again, the leagues make a lot of money, you know, because when you go to like, go to a T-ball game and usually when a child is playing their first year of T-ball, both sets of grandparents are alive, yes. you know? Yes. So you've got, yeah, we'll I'm not pay kidding. for that. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You've got, you got kids out there that have more equipment than a hall of fame catcher, you know, <laughs> and they have to have two mules and sister Sarah bringing it all to the game. <laughs> and the, you stand in line, you know, go to an all, you know, the biggest fight I ever saw, Mark, the biggest fight I ever saw at a T-ball all-star game. Wow. A T-ball all-star That's game. Awesome. You, you realize in T-ball, every child bats every inning, and it doesn't matter how many outs they have, the inning is over when the last child is batted, okay? Yeah. Outs don't matter. They keep the score, but, yeah, and you have an all-star tournament, you know? And that's the biggest fight, and it happened in Alexandria, Alabama in 1995. Wow. Police were called, and by the way, not even the worst one of all time. It just happened at an all-star T-ball tournament. And I didn't believe it, <laughs> but even now I, it's just, I really, you know what I used to really enjoy when I was a kid was, um, church league softball. Yeah. I loved that. Oh yeah. Uh, it was a lot of fun, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's co-ed yeah. and you got good, out and played a good, a lot of good nature stuff going on out there. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And you know, because the thing is, is the one thing you knew that wasn't going to happen at church league softball for kids and stuff, there wasn't going to be cussing yeah. by the coaches or the parents. There wasn't going to be anything untoward the children being co-ed everybody was on their best behavior and at the end of it everybody prayed that nobody got hurt you know right. that kind of it was yeah. just yeah it you know you hate to say that. and i know i just had but i remember i had more fun as a child doing that mm-hmm. than i did playing little league baseball yeah and i love the game and you know me i love oh, playing ball yeah, yeah. But, but i had more but, fun doing that but, trip and and you know the older you get you know it's more it's just fun playing and uh I, you know, that, I don't remember. I don't think we do that anymore, do we? Did, a lot of churches I, don't I haven't have heard of it. I have not heard of it. I know that when we were, there was a church we went to for years. We had softball fields yeah. out, out back. We had, we maintained three softball fields. And, right. And that's where the community did their community softball stuff. All the church oh, leagues okay. all played there. And wow. I, you'd, and that play, that's all dead now. It's gone. Yeah. It's just. Wow. Uh, yeah. I just remember there, you know, that even now they have basketball, the upward yeah. basketball is mm-hmm. I think the one where they don't count the score and all right, that yeah um and i think that that's done a lot within the churches and yeah. again great i don't care i mean yeah. it whether you you, know, you play yeah. a game play a game you know what i'm thinking i'm thinking that somebody has missed the boat because they could there's a lot of comedy that could be written for television around around this little league softball stuff the the coach pitch yeah. and all that stuff. because i I, I may be wrong, but there's so much stuff that goes on just with people being people. You know, there's a lot of stuff that you could laugh at, you know, okay. but there's a lot of things you could be sued about because every league has one, you know, <laughs> Life radio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. You know, Mark, 
I think it's much better for us to just stick to pigs running on a freeway <laughs> than talking about be right. this because we will spend all day today answering emails and fussing calls about, you know. And just the one last thing mm-hmm. is I love children. And yes. when we were, I know that, I know things are different now. Um, I, I'm, Mark and I both grew up in the era where the movie The Sandlot, mm-hmm. you know, kids getting together and playing all day outside with each other. Um, and doing little adventures and things. That's how I, I did grow up like that yeah. um, in Southern California. And we still had that going on. We had that little group. And I miss that for the children growing up now, that they don't have that. Yeah. They, yeah. Because they can't have that. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm, I understand it. And so really having a, an organized sport like T-ball and things like that for little ones, it really is the only time they're actually going to get out and play, you know, going to practice and things like that. Whereas you and I, we were, (laughs) you do, if you don't come in this house until it's dark, stay Mm -hmm. out, just stay outside and play. And it's like, but I just want to watch TV. No, you can't. You know, think about it back then. We only had three channels and they wouldn't let us watch them. I know. I know. Do you remember that? I do remember that. I remember the first thing I do in the morning now, even when I'm just going to get coffee on the way out, I turn on the TV. (laughs) It's like, or I'm watching it on my phone, you know, but when I was a kid, there were only three channels, nothing on, but they would not let us watch it anyway. There were no Nintendos, no Xboxes, none of this other stuff. I mean, and nowadays you, you almost had need a crowbar to get the kid away from the, right. So from that standpoint, I understand wanting them to go out and play, but you know what, even now, yeah, my grandson Braylon, he's an outdoor kid. I've told you that since the beginning. He's mm-hmm. not in he does know the games, he does play, but give him the choice of here's a shovel and the yeah. outdoors. Yeah. And here's the latest, greatest video game mm-hmm. setup. He's gonna grab the shovel and go outside. If you say yeah. you can use this for a tool, um, you can use it as a weapon, right? You can use it as a game, you know, he will make up a game that includes using the shovel to hit a ball or a rock, you know, and <laughs> And then later on when we're playing war, you know, I'll have a stick and he'll use his shovel as a machine gun or wow. a battering ram. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. that kid. And it's like, I'm glad I'm so thankful that he is that way mm. because I mean, I can't imagine how would you, I couldn't relate to a child that didn't do that. Right. I it's so important for, for parents to get their kids involved in things that pull them away from the technology. You know, it's, it's extremely important. I've been yeah. watching this, these videos lately. You know me, I yeah. I think there are three network shows I watch. <laughs> okay, no, there are two network shows that I watch now, wow. and everything else is is uh, you know streamed from other you know like from other countries or on right. YouTube or something like that. And there's yeah. this guy in Tennessee who works on cars, and he's he's got his channel is called Sleeper Dude. And, uh, his entire family and they're Christians, they, they involve, they actually have church stuff and church basketball league and things like that in their videos where they got their kids involved in all kinds of stuff. And they go and they play with them and cheer them on and stuff like that. And he, this guy works on cars and he's got two girls and a boy and they're all in the garage with him while he's working on cars. And they're all involved in some way doing things. And mm-hmm. the videos are hilarious just because of the kids the kids are so funny because the little boy, uh, he's really into cars and he picks up on stuff before his dad does. Oh, wow. The oldest girl, she's, she's, 
she's going to end up being when she's old enough to date, she's going to be the girl that tells the guy why his car is broken down and what to do to fix it. Right. <laughs> right. That's, wow. And then there's the littlest one, the, the, the youngest one, the little girl, uh, who they call, <laughs> They, her nickname is squeezy. They call her squeezy. I don't know why, but I really do want to know why. But, um, she's just, you know, she's on a different planet. Right. Like while the rest of them are in the garage getting greasy, she's out in the driveway in a box, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they live on a farm. So they have wow. animals, their goats come, goats come wandering into the garage while they're working on things and climbing <laughs> on the vehicles and inside and out and all kinds of stuff. And it, it's just pandemonium sometimes, but back to the kids, they keep the kids involved in things. You don't ever see them. You don't ever see them with a phone in their hand. You never right. see them with a game of, of any kind. They don't wow. talk about playing video games. They don't, you know, <clears throat> they're focused on what their family does, which is right. in that garage getting greasy. You know, love it, and it's just awesome, man. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show, and step right up, friends. Pig <laughs> runs next to highway. Started this thing a couple of different times, but we're doing this story right, <laughs> right. now, right here. A pig found trotting alongside a British Columbia highway was found to have escaped from a farm. When a hungry bear broke through a fence, a Dudney animal, the Dudney Animal Hospital posted a video to YouTube explaining a couple driving home from Mission spotted a pig running alongside the westbound lanes of Luhid Highway. The couple contacted Dudney Animal Hospital veterinarian Adrian Walton, and the pig was sedated while awaiting a team from British Columbia SPCA maple ridge the pig was loaded into a crate and an spca truck carried the pork the porker i'm sorry <laughs> it's a porker um and carried the porker <laughs> i'm stuck on that <clears throat> okay to the animal hospital where it was examined <laughs> for injuries and illness we haven't had a pig story, but you know, that's a common thing I refer to in all of these stories. They always find some way to refer to the animal besides what the animal's name actually is. Right. And this right. time it was a porker. So, I know I just, that just doesn't sound right. You know, you know? It, really it sounds like something you and I are making up uh-huh, that we're going to get in trouble for later on. It does. It really does. <clears throat> anyway, the one-year-old pig named Brenda was found oh no they did yes they did it was found oh, to be Mark. in good health owner irene francis revealed brenda had escaped from her pen when a bear tore through the fence in an apparent search for food wow there's <laughs> there's so much wrong with this story man i know <laughs> told you to be a porker <laughs> <laughs> liferadio.fm it is the mark and mac show <laughs> sorry um <laughs> right yeah research continues to find sharks swimming near the north carolina coast <laughs> <laughs> yep as more people wow. flock to the beaches of southeastern north carolina it can be important to know what you might find if you swim in the ocean Earlier this month, a 500-pound white shark washed ashore in North Myrtle Beach. Researchers are working to learn more about that shark and why it may have died. Holly Dewar and Carissa Bearer 
with the North Carolina Aquarium at Fort Fisher say there is a, likely a variety of shark species swimming nearby. Quote, we the ocean. T- yeah, I know. We tend to see more highly migratory sharks in the summertime. That's kind of exciting because that means we could be seeing some different species of sharks we wouldn't normally see or wouldn't think are native to North Carolina. Trust me, that's not what anybody is thinking about. Wow. <laughs> They're just not. As far wow. as finding a shark, however, Barry says uh, encounters between sharks and humans are uncommon. Quote, you are not li- very likely to have an encounter with a shark. They typically would be avoiding humans, especially on the crowded, busy days. They'll be avoiding the action for the most part. Yeah. Mark, you know what really bothers me, mm-hmm. and it's going to be weird, okay? Yeah. The headline, North Carolina Coast. Yes. And, you know, this big shark. Then the shark they sight, you know, pretty interesting that it washed ashore. Mm-hmm. They, but North Myrtle Beach is South Carolina. That's not North Carolina. They got the wrong state. (laughs) All right. This just reminds me of something I heard a couple of weeks ago when I was working on Scott Dawson's podcast and we had Andy Andrews on and he was talking about Mm -hmm. his son being into fishing and Mm -hmm. his son's on, his son's on the beach fishing somewhere. It's got to be off the Gulf coast because they live down off the Gulf coast. And uh, somebody walks by and says, uh, says, uh, are there any sharks out there or something about, I'd be afraid if there were sharks out there. And he says, well, uh, there are. And she says, well, how do you know? He says, well, there's a simple test. You take a cup and you fill it with a little bit of the water, the salt, the water, you know, and if you taste it and if it's a little salty, there's sharks out there. (laughs) (laughs) They're out there, you know, liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and you know mark headlines get me okay because when you know you put the show together and you add little things to the headlines and stuff and then there are other things and i'm i'm okay nancy grace crime stories you know yeah yeah um crime online is the parent of uh, a lot of these shows and writing the headline is a big deal yeah you know of how you pitch a story and the headline does mean something but it actually the headline needs to match up with the content usually. Okay. Right. Which is why I pointed out you do an entire North Carolina based story, <laughs> but this you cite South Carolina. Uh, okay. I know it's just one of those little things. Yeah. I'm probably the only yeah. person that notices it, but you know, anyway, so gang of robbers held on to pizza guys. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I pictured this in my head. Okay. And I'm wondering if the picture in my head is going to match up with this story (laughs) well i guess the only way to find out is to move forward Uh (laughs) aha hey it may be brazil but it's still a crime story okay yeah buddy all right hey bad boys bad boys what you gonna do what you gonna do when they come for collect pizza guys bad boys (laughs) what you gonna do what you gonna do when they a gang of robbers was arrested in brazil after they kept being interrupted by pizza pizza delivery guys <laughs> at a car repair shop an employee ordered a pizza for his lunch minutes before the gang arrived when the pizza delivery guy arrived the gang locked him up with the repair shop staff shop uh, the staff at the pizza shop began to worry about what had happened to their delivery guy and they sent a second delivery guy to check on him he too was locked up <laughs> and when he didn't come back the pizza shop manager decided to check for himself When the manager didn't return, the owner called the police, who arrested part of the gang, recovered most of the stolen goods, 
and released the pizza guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Man, Mark, sometimes. Uh, This one almost qualifies as a stupid criminal story, too. You know? Yeah. It is. It's the double whammy. It is. Wow. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show you know back-to-back criminal stories is always interesting and i feel like i'm rubbing off on you sometimes (laughs) (laughs) but here we go thieves use tesla as a getaway car now unless this tesla is a stolen car Mm -hmm. if you can afford to drive a tesla Mm -hmm. You're either a really good criminal that we would not be talking about, or you don't need to be robbing anybody. Which is why it qualifies. Uh, (laughs) Good. (laughs) Two suspects accused of stealing over $8,000 of merchandise in Buford, Georgia, were caught 15 minutes down the road after they stopped to charge their Tesla getaway vehicle. (laughs) Gwinnett County police say the suspects were arrested around 10 miles away while attempting to charge the car February 19th. The police shared details of the theft on social media Sunday alongside images of the car packed full of boxes of gaming systems and electronic tooth, uh, electric toothbrushes because <laughs> there's, there's a huge market for those. Um, wow. A police spokesperson said the thieves were fleeing a Sam's Club store. <laughs> Witnesses okay. told the cops responding to the 911 call that the pair had fled in the electric vehicle. Their description was then broadcast to surrounding officers. It is unclear whether the shoplifters owned the car themselves or if it was previously stolen on a full battery. Current Tesla models can travel over 300 miles, according to the company's website. (laughs) This isn't the first time that criminals have been thwarted by a Tesla battery. In 2019, a woman in Arizona tried to steal a Model S, (laughs) but it ran out of charge as she drove away. (laughs) <laughs> there you go i love it oh i love it it's i love it it's not it. ready for prime time <laughs> now here's a lesson to you criminals out there don't make an electric car your getaway vehicle just oh, why would you know, <laughs> use your powers for good you know <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show you know mark i meant to tell you um when we we when braylon uh when when hannah put together braylon's birthday party uh last month Mm -hmm. um she did it in a place that that he wanted to do it okay now i live in an area that has um um it's an entertainment center that back in the day uh, i mean the 70s and 80s it would have been a really happening place to go. Okay. Mm, yeah. It has the go-kart track, oh. um, which is really cool. The little go-karts, yeah, it's a yeah. smaller track and indoors. It's got, you know, pool tables and video games and just, I mean, really it's a great place to go. It even used to have batting cages back in the day. Wow. Yeah. No, they got tore those down years ago, but bottom line is it, it was just a lot of the fun the family. It was owned by a family and anyway, very cool. But, over the years, it hasn't been updated that much, okay? Mm-hmm. It, it just hasn't. And a lot of the games are very old, and not all of them. I mean, okay, if you can still play Pong on a video console in an arcade, <laughs> yeah, things haven't been updated a whole lot, okay? And so that's where Braylon wanted to have his birthday party. 
because he likes to go because that was the thing. He went through a period of time where he wanted to ride go-karts and mm. there you go. Yeah. Well, they've now since then built a really huge entertainment complex that is all up- updated with stuff and it's got the latest greatest video games and it's got a go-kart track indoor. Um it's got a putt-putt golf course. It's got a bowling alley. I mean, it's got everything. Wow. It's amazing. And I thought that's what he was talking about, wanting to do his birthday party there. No, no, no. He wanted it at the old school place, hmm. which, and again, it's just him, not us. And anyway, while we were there, um, I, the kids got the idea to win the tickets. You know, they play the game where they just get tickets to go at the redemption center so they yeah. can spend a thousand tickets yeah. for a pack of gum. <laughs> yes. Now, to get a thousand tickets, it costs you about $20. <laughs> yes. And, you know, so. <laughs> But when you're eight years old, it doesn't matter. They kept saying, we're rich. Look at all these tickets. We're rich. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Here, here's another 20. Maybe we can get two packs of gum this time, you know? But they had the claw machine. And uh, the claw is one of those things that it just doesn't really, you know, oh, it's all, not there for all, you to win. They're all rigged. Yeah. 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 But Braylon is really good at this. Mm-hmm. And when he was first learning how the claw was, he looked at the, we were at one of these places that had a big one and he wanted to see if he could climb up in there to get a big prize. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things. that's funny with every kid going through a time of playing these games. So when I saw this story the other day, I thought finally a kid did that. He lived the dream, man. <laughs> he is doing what we all had dreamed of doing at uh-huh. some point in time. Yep. A 13 year old boy, not, not a little kid. Not yeah. a, not somebody who's six, seven years old. This is a 13-year-old right. boy. Had to be freed from a claw machine after he climbed inside hoping to score a prize. <laughs> I'm thinking this is Woody and Buzz in real life, man. He was trying to save Buzz. <laughs> it happened at North Carolina Amusement Park called Carowinds. The officials there were alerted just before 2 p.m. Sunday that the boy was inside the Cosmic XL bonus game, which contained plush prizes. The medical response team unlocked the machine, and the boy was able to get out. He was treated and released from first aid to his guardian. <laughs> the boy has been banned from the park for one year for attempted theft. Wow. <laughs> you know, I think it's, okay, it's funny. It is, I'm glad it is. nothing, because nobody got hurt. Right, yeah. Blah, but, you know, 13, you're old enough to know better. Yes. You're, you're way old enough to know better. Mm-hmm. It's funny, but... But you, you you ought to know better. You should, yes. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, do you remember back in the day when I had a bat in the belfry? Yes, I do. Had it. And I had, I'll never forget the layout of the house uh, where I had the, the ladder going way up. Oh, 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 yeah, from that lower driveway? Yes. Yeah. No, the upper driveway. It was at the upper driveway. Oh. But, yeah, because it, the house was living on it, well, pretty much on a, on a hill, mm-hmm. and it had three four levels. I don't know. But, anyway, a bat had gotten into this area of the attic space that actually was over the porch area leading into the side door of the house. And we had Andrew's Mustang. And remember that red BMW I bought at the pawn shop? Oh, yeah. I did. had that one. And then we had another car. And so it was kind of a weird place to be looking. But I was actually looking for something else. Um, oh, I, we were uh, pressure washing the siding. And, and I heard it in there. I heard a bat. And so, you know, I, I didn't know it was a bat. I thought it was a squirrel or any right, number yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. And it had one of these little areas. And I thought... Usually they have a little, um, oh, it's 
I don't know if it's, it's not a window. It's not made, but it, it actually has like an area for air to circulate. Yeah, yeah in it's and a out, vent. You know? It's a vent. Thank yeah. you, vent. That was the name. Yeah. And so I, the screen that should have been behind this vent wasn't there. Uh-oh. And that's how birds or squirrels, gotcha. bats can all. So right. I thought maybe a squirrel or a bird was in there. I'll get them out, put the screen up and done. Um, and when I got up there, I realized it was a bat. And, you know, so I went back down and made my plan of attack <laughs> because, well, bat you know i it's a varmint it's a varmint in your house yes and i didn't know if i you know is he gonna bite me and i'm gonna become dracula i don't know (laughs) and so anyway i went back up there with like some spray something or other uh, not a killer but like um and not total clorox but something that would actually you know make the thing leave you're more likely to become adam west (laughs) yeah well i was almost became you know the late Adam West, because that thing scared me to death nearly. Popped his little head out there and started. Oh, my goodness. So I go to draw. I'm trying to get. I, I'm so scared. I'm coming off that ladder and about 28 feet up. And I, I don't. I miss a rung. And next, next thing you know, I'm landing I, I between know. the. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Mustang and the BMW. Uh, I'm landing in between these things. And Andrew is sitting there looking at me going, did you get him? <laughs> So I tell that story on the air <laughs> and the next day I'm inundated with emails yes, about bats uh-huh. and how good they are for us. And I'm like, you know what? If you got bats in your attic and you're cool, that's your business. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not. Yeah. And so, yes, I am calling an expert. Yes, exactly. Oh. You don't want them in your attic because they, they, your attic becomes their toilet then. Yes. And, and it becomes a serious problem, a serious problem. And so what you have to do is you do need to call someone who does, what this kind of work and they set up a a little bat house that and they're attracted to it and they go in it and then they take the little bat house off someplace and let them and go. just so you right. know that's yeah. a whole lot better than what my right. secondary plan was was i got that really bright light with the bat symbol and shined it up in the clouds <laughs> oh i thought that was going to involve a bat and a pillowcase but anyway yeah. <clears throat> monday was international bat appreciation day and <laughs> it got bias somehow Oh. <laughs> it uh, celebrated annually on April 17th, and originally it was designed to dispel myths about the flying mammals that spread huh. word and of the benefits the creatures have for the ecosystem. The holiday was spearheaded by U.S.-based nonprofit group Bat Converse Conservation International, which leads conservation efforts for various bat species around the world. International <laughs> Bat Appreciation Day, which has been celebrated since at least 2013. And I love how they do, oh, at least 2013. We're not sure exactly. Wow. Now, but at least 2013 is huh. aimed at dispelling myths about bats, such as they pose a danger to humans and highlighting the animal's beneficial behavior. Um, the Bat <laughs> Conversation International Group said in a Facebook post, from pollination to pest control, seed dispersal, and ecotourism, billions of bats are out there every night Supporting human and wildlife health. <laughs> I just thought they were flying around eating bugs. The wow. holiday was preceded by the the mayor of Whitby, Ontario, declaring April 9th to 15th to be Bat Awareness and Appreciation Week in 2012. So, wow. Okay. Leave it to a politician to be batty. <laughs> liveradio.fm it's the mark and mac show and you know i'm kind of excited that you've put all these uh, north carolina <laughs> stories in today and let me tell you why yeah i have been planning and it's been 
a couple of years worth of uh, planning to me is thinking about it. So mm -hmm. I've been thinking about this plan to go to North Carolina. Right. And in reality, it's my brother and I don't see each other that often, you know, because he lives in Delaware and I live in Alabama. So, you know, <laughs> not going to just, but Ocracoke Island <laughs> is a special place <laughs> to both of us. <laughs> just moving on. And it's off the coast of North Carolina. I love it. It is, uh, it, it has just a very special place for Mike and I, and I've been planning, talking to him, thinking about going, well, he and his wife, Laura, that's where they vacationed on their honeymoon rather. Mm -hmm. And, and they've gone back there several times. Well, I didn't, so I don't go there. You know, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I haven't been in many, many years. It doesn't change much, but anyway, I've been trying to get him to meet me out there. And it's like, you know, he's never been here to Alabama. Okay. Uh -huh. And. It frustrates me that he'll go, why don't you guys come up here and visit again? You know, I'm like, dude, <laughs> you know, that's not a short trek to Delaware. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, it yeah. was bad enough when you were in Maryland. Now you're another 50 miles further north and you have yet to come down. You know, why are you fussing about me and how I don't come up there? I slept all my kids up there back <laughs> in the day, you know, to hang out with their cousins, which, yeah. by the way, greatest decision of all time because yeah. even though they've even though they've only seen each other physically that one time um and for andrew twice our children my my children and mike's children have kept in contact yeah. using the internet social media and they're constantly communicating it's yeah. very cool i am just anyway yeah i told him i said why don't we meet an ochre coke we'll just together meet out there it's mm -hmm. a little bit further of a drive for me but i'm not kidding you know what he said well, we're planning a trip, but it's not going to be then. I'm like, why not? I mean, it would be 600 miles less driving for me. I'm kind of hip to that, you know? <laughs> no. I'm like, but why can't you yeah, just change yeah. your trip? Anyway, it was just, huh. I, I, I lose this battle, man. Yeah. So when I saw the different North Carolina stories in here, I thought, okay, I now have decided there's three places I want to go to yeah. between now and the end of October. Right. Okay. They're all along the North Carolina coast, but one is in just in just over the South Carolina, North Carolina border into North Carolina. Mm -hmm. The other is Ocracoke. And then the last one is up towards uh, Kitty Hawk, Kill Level Hill, where oh. the Wright brothers did their thing. I gotcha. I gotcha. Those are my three plans. You can't do them all in the same trip. You have right. to plan, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. not if you want to spend time with them, right. I want to spend time with them. So yeah. anyway, I'm with you. I'm thinking I'm you. the way Mark is selling this, we can keep people out of my favorite places and I'll have a good trip. <laughs> See, there you go. You need to go other places. Otherwise, if they find out how great it is here, they'll move here. Do you really, right. do you really want that? No, and that's what I thought of. I thought, you know mm -hmm. what? It's better to just say, I'll meet you. I'll that's meet you somewhere exactly else. exactly right. And, and just, just about living far apart. Call me back when your, your brother moves to Fairbanks. Uh, police were summoned. I, know. I, I thought about that. I, as, I, as I was doing that, I'm like, Mark, you know. <laughs> Your, your brother, my goodness. Yeah, I know. My mom used to say, yeah, well, Bruce was always the one who would find his own corner of the sandbox and play by himself. So yep. <laughs> guess <Wow>. what? Yeah. <laughs> he found the far corner of the sandbox. Uh, <laughs> speaking of North Carolina, um, police were summoned to a store in North Carolina where an alligator wandered up to the entrance and tried to find shade under a row of beach chairs on display out front. <laughs> Sunset Beach Police Department said in a Facebook post, officers responded to the Coaster Outfitters store on Sunset Boulevard in Sunset Beach on a report of a six-foot alligator near the shop's entrance. The post said when officers arrived, the alligator was concealing himself under several display chairs where customers enter and exit the business. 
The department said Officer Lee Hall, who holds a certification from the North Carolina Wildfire Wildlife Resources Commission to capture and relocate alligators. Wow, there's a certification for that. I got to study <laughs> up. Said about the <laughs> a business of removing the trespassing reptile. See, they had to call him a reptile. Wow. The alligator was relocated to a sunset beach pond, the police department says. Wow. That's it. Just give you an idea. That's that pond up on the farm up north where they take the dogs. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. When I mentioned going to this place in North Carolina, I want to go to that is right there along the North Carolina, South Carolina border. Mm -hmm. It's about 20 minutes from Sunset Beach. Oh, wow. That's yeah. It's it's funny when that popped up. I'm like, yep, that ain't far. Wow. I love the coast, you know. Yeah, I really do. I'll make sure I'll, you, you know what's check, funny though, Mark? Check under the chairs first. Oh yeah, I'll check everywhere, dude. <laughs> when um, when I look at different beach, because I, you know, I'm a beach kind of person. I love the beach, right? And I re- have having grown up in Southern California, where you have the Pacific Ocean, which is really cold. You know, it that that's some cold water out there. And I remember the first time we traveled to North Carolina to see family, and went in the ocean there, and it's mm. like warm okay i was i was yeah yeah i was shocked you know and <laughs> but i had never seen like you know the pictures the postcard pictures of the beach and hotels mm. and stuff that always show beautiful blue uh-huh. or light green ocean and it's yes. just uh, white sand yes i'd never seen that mm-hmm. i'd seen pictures but i'd never seen it up close the best i had was again california north right. carolina that was yeah. all i had from a beach yeah but i thought those postcards were just made up you know which is, hey, it's a marketing tool. Fine. Sure. I went to the Gulf Coast, and I will never forget it because it was the coolest thing. Yeah. That the postcard pictures mm-hmm. didn't do it justice out of how beautiful yep. the coast of Alabama is. Yep. It is the most amazing. Orange Beach uh, is, is now in my top three most mm. favorite places to go. Yep. Because the ocean is so beautiful. Mm, it oh. can be, yeah. Oh, I love it. And, and of course, now go to but, Panama City Beach and all those. Destin. Destin is a great but, one, too. But but um, it, it's really crowded here and lots of teenagers and unruly people. So yes, you don't, and they you drink don't, like crazy. You don't want to come here. No, no. You know what? They've got the hippie convention coming up, and they're going to be here for the next three years. Do yeah, not come. You don't want Stay it. home. Life FM, the Mark and Mac uh, show. <laughs> I was expecting extravaganza, but okay. <laughs> I was going to say it, all but right. I don't. I, you know. All right. Car gets caught in Massachusetts tide. Yeah. Hmm. Now, yeah. we're not talking about the laundry soap, right? No, no. And you know, okay. some places, especially the further north you go, the bigger the tides are. And, uh, the uh, so you you have places where you really shouldn't park, or your your car's going to wind up underwater, right? right? And that's yeah. what happened in Massachusetts. Police there shared a photo of a car that got caught in a high tide after it was parked right behind a no parking sign. There you go. They told they we tried to tell you. Yeah. The Duxbury Police Department posted a photo of the partially submerged car that got caught in the tide after being parked right behind a sign reading no wow. parking beyond this sign. Yep. Um the police uh, wrote in You the know Facebook, what Mark? Yes. What would have even been better is if it was also a handicap thing, you know. <laughs> the uh, the ocean is for handicap parking. Um 
the <laughs> the Facebook post for, by the police said, we're aware of the vehicle at the west end of the bridge. It'll be removed when the tide goes out. Love it. <laughs> police Love said, it. You know, said it was unclear why the driver had taken the vehicle out onto the sand, but nobody was injured as a result. The department confirmed the car had been towed from the scene once the tide did recede. Well, I know yep. why the driver took the vehicle out to the sand because they just thought, those people are stupid. They don't know what they're, they're for everybody. About. Those rules are not for me. That's for everybody else. I'm special. Oh. I even rode the short bus to school. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and as we wind things down today in celebration of north carolina south carolina day on the mark and mac show escaped prairie dog <laughs> shows up at a south carolina jail yeah. now mark i when i think prairie dogs i'm not kidding i think of the wild wild west you, i think out you don't think of south, you don't think of south carolina do you no i don't at all so yeah. is this a thing i mean is this I, I are are prairie dogs everywhere? I I don't know. It's kind of like armadillos. I mean, you never used yeah. to see armadillos. You'd have to go to Florida to see an armadillo right. around here, and yeah. now they're everywhere, right? Oh well, wow. I yeah, you are right because mm -hmm. they're huge and helmeted. You know, yes. Mm -hmm. Authorities in South Carolina said deputies were shocked. I tell you, shocked when <laughs> when an unusual non-native visitor showed up at a county jail, a prairie dog. <laughs> Okay, non-native. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. The Newberry County Sheriff's Office said in a Facebook post that the prairie dog was spotted outside the county's detention center. Deputies wrangled the unusual visitor. There's your word, wrangled. And contacted the State Department of Natural Resources. The Sheriff's Office initially speculated the prairie dog may have hitched a ride on a passing truck, but later discovered the animal was actually an escaped pet. Wow. An update to the post said the prairie dog was taken to an animal rescue facility to be reunited with its owner. The owner uh -huh. said in a comment on the post that the prairie dog is safe at home and exhausted from his adventure <laughs> in the wild. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's rough out here. I want to go home. <laughs> That's funny, man. But prairie dogs, I, I just have never heard that. Well, I can count the number of times I've heard that term prairie dog, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I've seen them on the nature shows, popping their little heads up and things like that, you know? Because they're rodents, right? I mean, they're just like I, a, they're I a cross they, between a rat and a bunny. I guess, I guess. I don't know. But they, you don't think of one as a pet. I wouldn't no. have thought of one as a pet. But then again, there's a yeah. lot of things I wouldn't think of as pets that people <laughs> call pets. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on liferadio.fm.